Before we begin, if you like what you hear on Mile High Report Radio Podcast, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. Adam, too bad what happened on Sunday won't stay in Las Vegas. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It's, I wish it would stay in Las Vegas. Instead, it's going to be leaving Las Vegas and going back to Denver on the plane. And hopefully uh, it doesn't smell too bad on there because that was a big pile of doo-doo that the Broncos uh, put out on Sunday against the Raiders. Uh, that was that was an awful first trip to Las Vegas. Not exactly how we wanted it to go. What, were they hungover? Is that why Ooh. they didn't play better? I don't know. Are, are, do you hear? Did you hear something? Because I didn't hear anything. I I just no. I was just assuming it was Vegas. So I mean, the day the, the next day is typically not a good day when you're in Vegas, but. I don't, during these COVID times, I don't know if that's necessarily the case. Uh, you know what? I would. I think I would almost prefer to hear a news story come out that says, like, the Broncos plane landed, they immediately hit the strip and were out all night and then never went to the hotel and just showed up at the game, and so they were all very tired and hungover. And that would, that would make me feel better about how horribly the entire team played, entire, but most of the team, the entire offense, played. I, it was special teams spe- and it's not special just teams just teams hey brandon mcmanus hit another 50 yarder he must have looked awful in warm-ups which is which is uh, apparently how we know he's good to go I, <laughs> sorry we we're still talking about tom mcmahon why are we still talking about tom mcmahon like because he's not been fired yet he and hasn't. i get the argument that others have said is like well who are you going to replace him with i would take a bum from colfax to take his place you could, you could replace him with my dog. My dog would do great. He'd hang out. He'd sit there. He'd actually probably run out on the field when he wasn't supposed to. But at least the special teams would be special again. It is. Uh, they they started behind the eight ball from the very first kickoff. I, I'm sorry. What what is going on there? Anyway, let's let's move on from that. Everybody knows how bad special teams is or teams. And so it's not even worth talking about. I would I would wager based on what I've seen, he's gone at the end of the season. They're just going to wait. Fine, whatever. I would hope so. We thought the same thing after last true. season. I, I I said that with so much confidence, and then you reminded me that that is not what happened when it should have happened last year, and now my confidence is gone again. Oh, no. What are we going to do? <sighs> what happened? All right, let's just do that. Let's just let's go there. What happened? Uh, I mean – what happened? The Broncos got their ass handed to them. And I've tried to, I've tried to remain positive. I have tried to look for the positives and they're still there. But as we've been talking about, as you've been talking about, as others have been talking about, the issues are really starting to glare again. They're really starting to, to show up like a turd in a punch bowl. And it's not even orange punch anymore. It's just like it's all watered down, and now there's just all kinds of turds all over the place. So you just don't even want to have anything to do with it. I, I mean, I in my winners and losers, I listed Bryce Callahan, 
who I thought was phenomenal. Excellent. Team. I, I thought Jerry Judy proved how incredible of a player he's going to be. He was abusing his defensive back who was trying to cover him. Ryan Green from CBS had a couple of gifts. I put him in my story at Mile High Report about how the defensive back trying to cover him was on ice skates. Yeah. The problem is he doesn't have a competent quarterback to get in the ball because he was open the entire game. And then K.J. Hamler is one tough mother effer. I, I mean, they have, at least Elway has the receiver position figured out. There you go. See? Yeah, one position group at a time. And you got Sutton coming back. So there's that. <laughs> Someday, right? I, you know what? I, I, uh, I tweeted out during the game uh, a couple of things about Drew Locke and patience, and, and I wrote a, uh, an article earlier in the week or last week uh, before, the, before the Week 10 matchup against the Raiders about uh, how patience was running thin in Broncos country. And I, and I still believe, uh, at least on, in, on some level, that we we still have to have some patience, but I do understand how absolutely impossible that feels right now with as bad as he played uh, in this game. And I, and let's let's just let's just call a turd a turd here. That was a turd, and, and you've already talked about the turd in the punch bowl. That was that was a Jurassic Park sized pile of dung. I just pictured Jeff Goldblum taking off his glasses, just looking at an eight foot high pile of, of Triceratops manure sitting there and and that's pretty much what drew lock put out on the field today and and he did so with the help of an offensive line that also put out multiple gigantic piles of of just brontosaurus turds it was it was the worst i have seen them play since the last time i saw them play so poorly which was a couple weeks ago against the chargers before they turned that game around they didn't turn this game around and, and that was frustrating. It's interesting. I, I, the old man sends me a text today after the game. He says he hasn't seen a Broncos team like this since the late 60s, early 70s. Talent up and down the field, but not enough of it to get them over the hump. And so they lose all kinds of games in horrible fashion because the talent that they have just can't compensate for the amount of, of just crap that is out on the field. And it was frustrating from the standpoint of, and there's a few different places to go with this. Yes, Drew Locke was bad, but I didn't feel like he ever had a, a play where there wasn't a, a free blitzer or a free rusher coming at him at any point in that entire game. There, He was always under attack. Part of that might be his own doing with the way that the protections were set up and he wasn't hit, hitting his reads properly. His accuracy was awful. His ability to run that offense looks poor at best. And, and, I am trying so hard to just be patient. I just want to be patient because I keep thinking to myself, okay, where are you going if you move on from Drew Locke at this point? What is it that what is it that that's going to happen? That's going to get better. That's going to be the thing, right? That that turns this team around. And so now now I'm I'm sitting here looking at it, going, nothing. There's nothing. There is nothing. So you just have to ride this horse until it dies. And it's it, it might be dying right now, but you're, you're going to have to ride this horse until it dies. Regardless of how you feel, I feel like there are seven games left for Drew Locke. If he looks as bad as he did against the Raiders these next seven games, which there is potential because the next three teams the Broncos face 
have a combined record of 21 and six. So as bad as Sunday was, as bad as last Sunday was, it is going to get worse because next up is the Dolphins. I, I regardless of how you feel, if 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 it's patience, there's seven games left. Drew Locke has to show that he can competently play the position because he has not shown that the last three weeks. He's regressed. He's gotten worse. And however or whoever is responsible, whether it's Pat Shermer's offense, whether it's the offensive line, it still falls on the player to go out and at least show that he can make competent throws. He's not doing it. He turned the ball over four times on Sunday. He threw four picks, and they were bad picks. Now, granted, Noah Fant had a holding penalty. I wonder how the game may change if that's oh, it not changes all. It. Yeah, it changes that, it. But... That's a touchdown. Yeah. But, I, 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 but still, his decision-making didn't improve. You know, it's interesting. I, can I, I don't mean to cut you off here. I've got to jump in because you said all four of his picks were bad picks. I, I, I'm going to take one away from you, and it was the last one. The the one two and I can't remember the name of the the defender for the Raiders Kwiatkowski or you know, something like that I don't know it doesn't matter Kwiatkowski thank you that's probably right his that catch was incredible he made uh, an incredibly athletic jumping one handed snag out of the air that was a really good catch do I think that was a good throw no I do not but he he literally willed himself into a position to make some sort of crazy Odell type catch on that interception. So I'm going to give, I'm going to give at least one Raider, which I uh, yuck, give him a little bit of credit because that was an incredible play. The other three interceptions were, yeah, that one. I, I I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take one away from you. You can have the other three. I think that's fair. I, uh, it's See? Accepted. Candy canes and rainbows. Look, that's what I'm here for. I think the big thing with me is Zach by pointed it out. I put it in winners and losers. This is the fourth straight season where the Broncos have started three and six. And I told you before we started recording, the Broncos have turned into the Rockies. Losing is now acceptable because this isn't going to change. And that's because there's no accountability at the top. There is no one to hold anyone accountable. And we have touched on this for years I remember how how pissed off I was after the Dolphins game. And I even when we walked back to the hotel from the Hard Rock Stadium, I still hadn't cooled off. I was still pissed off. Now, I think Broncos country has just gotten to the point where it's just accepted because nothing is going to change. There is no one to hold anyone accountable. And I cannot believe I'm saying this, that the Broncos have turned into the Rockies because like the Rockies, who they technically have an owner, but Dick Montford is an idiot. They don't have an owner either. It's just, I, I cannot believe we've gotten to the point now where this is acceptable. Well, I will, I here's, I will say this. I think that it's not actually acceptable. And what I mean by that is the, the fans are not accepting it. And Rockies fans, 
you know, I grew up in Colorado, but I was never a huge Rockies fan. I like the Rockies. I still do. But I was always a Yankee fan. That's how I grew up. But Rockies fans, and I, I know a lot of Rockies fans, they are infuriated with their team every year comes to come August, right? Because that's when the Broncos start playing and that's when the Rockies start to suck. And so that is something that is, is a really interesting dichotomy there between those two franchises. The issue with the Rockies to me has always been that ownership isn't as worried about winning and losing as they are about creating a really cool atmosphere. And we've talked about this, uh, you know, Wrigley field West is always that feeling, right? That's what they want. And you're never going to you're never going to put a winning product on the field and guys like Nolan Arenado don't deserve that type of treatment from the ownership. But that being said, I don't think that's the issue here. I think you're right. You're on the right track with the ownership issue as far as one ownership group doesn't really care about winning because they just want to have the cool fun atmosphere at their stadium like they do in Wrigley because how amazing is that? Well, it's really not that amazing. I've been there. It's cool. It's not that cool. Winning's better. The other the other team's issue is is an ownership issue in which the ownership situation has caused so many problems that it's like you said, there's no accountability because there's nobody there to hold anyone accountable. So it's not that nobody cares. It's, it's that there's nobody there. There's literally nobody there to hold John Elway and Joe Ellis accountable. And so they're sitting there doing their job, and, and I'm sure they're they're doing what they think is a good job. But if you look at what happened in that Raiders game and you and you look at what has been happening ever since 2015 in that Super Bowl win, what you what you really should be noticing is that it doesn't seem to matter. And they're going to scapegoat somebody. Right. We I think we all know that someone is going to get the blame here, but it's not going to be John Elway and it's not going to be Joe Ellis. It's going to be at least from from the team, right? Fans, I think fans are pointing their fingers, right? It's it's John Elway, it's Joe Ellis, it's Vic Fangio, it's the uh, John Elway and Joe Ellis are going to scapegoat somebody. It'll probably be Vic Fangio. It might even be at the end of this season. I don't know. And that's all well and good, and that's fine. And you want to fire Vic Fangio? Go ahead and fire him. I don't care. Like at this point, I I don't care. That's the issue. What I just said now is the issue with this team. I don't care. I'm a fan. I'm a 40-year fan, and I don't care. That's the problem. I got to the end of that game, and I didn't care. I didn't care that Devontae Booker was making the Denver Broncos defense look bad. I didn't care. I was too busy making quesadillas. You know what I'm saying? Like, You have a problem. When as a franchise, you've got a fan base that stops caring. Now, I will say this. I love Broncos country, and most people in Broncos country care. They're going to voice their opinions. The other side of that is that doesn't really matter because I don't think anybody cares what the fans think. That's the other problem. Now, that being said, if you really want to get back to what happened in this game and what should be done and how should things be handled, you have a quarterback that doesn't seem to know what to do with himself. You have an offensive line that doesn't seem to know who to block. You have a, 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 an offensive coordinator that doesn't seem to know how to draw up plays to put his quarterback and his offensive line in a position to be successful. Like, you know, two tight end sets and not handing the ball off on second and 10, those kinds of things. And then you have a defense that, from what I could tell watching that game, essentially threw their hands up and went, what are we supposed to do? How much more can we give you to get a win 
when you as an offense can't put any points on the board. That all adds up to, like you've said, seven more games. That adds up to a pretty bad record, like maybe even 0-7 down the stretch. 0-7 down the stretch? That's a three-win season? Is that is that acceptable? No, but it will be to this franchise because I think what makes this ownership, I use that loosely and with air quotes around it, what makes this worse than the Rockies is you know what you're getting with the Rockies. With the Broncos, there's this there's this belief or this notion that they're holding true to Pat Bowen's mantra, that John Elway and Joe Ellis are holding true to what Pat Bowen stood for, and they are shitting all over his legacy. Beep. That's what makes it worse, in my opinion. Late on the button. Because, because they're continually putting out this nonsense that this is acceptable. At some point, you have to back it up. You actually have to do what Pat Bowen stood for, and that's take a stand instead of just taking a paycheck because that's what Joe Ellis and John Elway are doing. And as you said, they don't listen to the fans. Joe Ellis could, at this point, Joe Ellis doesn't care what the fans think. And it's starting to show like John Elway doesn't care what the fans think because Pat Bowen would have never accepted this. He always said, even if you didn't believe him, and there are some out there who didn't because of the whole stadium issue when Invesco was being built and he threatened to move the team. So it's basically like he held the city franchise to, or hostage to get his new stadium. Some haven't forgiven him for that. But he always listened to the fans. He knew the fans. He knew how passionate they were and how badly they wanted their team to win. This has become acceptable. It's not acceptable to the fans. I just, as you said, they just don't care anymore. I didn't care about this game. I didn't even watch the the whole fourth quarter. I came down to write my winners and losers because I didn't want to waste up too much of my evening talking about this horrible performance because it's just rinse, lather, repeat. Yeah, you know, it, well, it's, it's repeat. It doesn't matter. It's it's all bad. As as I'm sitting there listening to you talk about Pat Bowen, one of the things that pops into my mind is 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 when Pat Bowen fired Mike Shanahan, and the reason that he fired Mike Shanahan was that Mike Shanahan had a really good offense and a putrid defense, and he wouldn't fire his defensive coordinator, and Pat Bowen wanted Mike Shanahan to make changes to the defense, and Mike Shanahan wouldn't do it. And so Pat Bowen said, well, well, I can't accept this, so you have to go. Mike Shanahan and Pat Bowen were incredibly close. And so having that sort of be something that was too, it was too important to Pat Bowen to allow that to continue, and so he fired one of his best friends. He was sad about it. He didn't like doing it, but he did it. Now, never mind the fact that that sort of launched the Broncos into the Josh McDaniels era, which was not fun. But it was it was an owner that was holding his coach and the team accountable. And this is what we've been saying for for I don't know, a couple seasons now. There's nobody there to hold anybody accountable. And to go to Las Vegas on your first trip to Las Vegas to play the Raiders 
It's the most hated rival. And to show up and to look that inept is unacceptable. It is unacceptable. And it and uh, it doesn't matter where you stand on the whole where you know, should we wait for Drew Locke or should we move on from Drew Locke? I don't care about that. I'm talking about just how unacceptable it was that the team looked that bad for four quarters at all against the Raiders. At all. The the defense played pretty well for a while. They really did. I'm gonna give them credit. Defense kept them in that game for as long as they could. And then the defense turned into us and they essentially went, I'm going to go make some quesadillas because I'm, I'm done with this crap. Uh, Seriously. And then Devante Booker gashed them. Devante Booker. Devante. What's going to be, what's going to be interesting is to see how this team responds because they are a young team that we, I don't want to lose sight of that, especially on offense. It's a young team that doesn't excuse how horrible they looked because Drew Locke and the whole offense was putrid. And for the life of me, how does Philip Lindsay finish with four carries? Well, I don't understand that. It, it just, I, I, I know it goes back to Pat Shermer, but I'm curious to see how this team responds because they're going to be going against a team. And I've said this on this podcast, I think is the surprise team of the national football league with the Miami dolphins. And a lot of people question Brian Flores for making the switch on their bye week from Ryan Fitzpatrick to Tua Tagovailoa. Tua has played incredibly well since he came back from the bye. And the Dolphins are right there on the heels of the Buffalo Bills for the AFC East. I I mean, there's potential that the Broncos get, get embarrassed again on Sunday against the Dolphins. And we can save that for our pregame podcast later in the week, but... This is this is going to be an interesting week. It is going to be a very, very interesting week. And Vic Fangio even said as much in his post-game comments to the media about, we'll see how we respond. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos. <laughs>